You know what I realized? Huh? I opened a bedroom window too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that sounds like it's in our living room. <laughs> so that's, that's probably why it's not as muffled as usual. Oh, we're leaving that in. That is gold. Okay. Well, on that note... our living room and to the life of garrity podcast this week we're talking about the meaning behind let it breathe today is a special episode where we reflect on our wedding anniversary which just happened and i just hit the cord so let me redo that redo redo god it sounds so much louder today do we have a window open yeah that's why office windows open that's why i'm like god it sounds louder than normal let's Today is a special episode where we will reflect on our wedding anniversary, which just happened. Mm-hmm. But first, what's filling up your cup, honey? Lately, I got a new gadget, and I like gadgets. If anybody knows me, you know that I like gadgets. And what happened was, the quick backstory to this gadget was that I started business school online virtually, and I used a Microsoft Surface Pro. Originally, I got this because in transit, it's going to be great, a little computer to uh, kind of go back and forth. But then we realized that we're, we're going virtually. So I've been using it. In week one, I used it to try to do it all. And I realized it's not, not capable of doing it all. Can't do all the Zooms and the Excels at the same time. So what I decided to do was use the Surface as my Zoom, right? So I set that up on my desk in front of my other screens. And then I used my other computer to do all this stuff. But the problem is I've been using two different mouses or mice, whatever the proper term is. And I've been using two different keyboards. (laughs) So I talked to one of my study group members and he was like, yo, dude, you can get a keyboard that has multiple devices built in. You can just click the little button. So I did that. I think it was awesome. And then I found a mouse to do the exact same thing. It's really cool, the technology these days, they have this flow system, and basically it can flow, the little mouse, across different computers very seamlessly. So that's filled my cup up because now all of a sudden I don't feel ridiculous having all these things on my desk. I've got this cool little new gadget that I enjoy, and uh, what's filling your cup? What is filling up my cup is a new podcast that I found that is exclusive to Spotify. And how did you find it? I found it because your coworker's wife said that she listened to it and that it was really good. And it is called An Oral History of the Office. And it's by none other than Brian Baumgartner, also known as Kevin Malone on The Office. Now, I'm a huge geek about The Office. We've watched it front to back several times over the last few years mm-hmm. and the production quality is top notch the way he weaves in and out of the stories is just like it's really really cool yeah you get and a lot of backstory yeah and it's the backstory behind what it took to get this bad boy on the air what it took to keep it on the air and just like all the cultural things that happened during different points that had a huge effect on it and Man, I'm loving it. So I've been recommending it to everyone this week. And if you just need something to, you know, fill up your cup right now, that's not going to make you 
you know, want to make a to-do list about something that you're not doing right in life, then check it out. It's yeah. really, really good. I mean, even you liked it. And you're not like a huge podcast person, which is hilarious because we have a podcast. But right. what did you think about it? I thought it was really interesting hearing the backstory from these folks and, you know, how they we think about today, like the office being this cultural phenomenon. And it, it seems so obvious in retrospect, but back in the day when they're trying to make this, there was nothing like this on U.S. television. You know, and they talk about kind of the trend of what was on cable television during that time and what people liked. And they weren't quite sure whether or not they could adapt the uk version to the us <laughs> and to us that seems ridiculous because it's been so popular i mean it's netflix's number one show mm -hmm. and so you know it's funny to see that if it weren't for one or two people's vision then we may not ever have had the office yeah and they talk about how when you go back in time when this first started airing netflix was a dvd subscription yeah you remember service. that Ugh, like we all thought that was a novelty a we're like what is this yeah who has my parents my dad he got himself a little dvd burner oh yeah and he would order the netflix dvds to get like three of those a week and he would burn them onto his own hard drive <laughs> <laughs> i wonder you know what i think about all the time is like fast forward 10 20 years what are people going to look back on and be like, ha, 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 remember when we used to yeah. listen to podcasts? Like, how weird was that? You know, like, what is it going to be that we're like, man, that was ridiculous. Or like our kids are going to be like, really? That's so weird that you did that. Or alternatively that, um, you know, it's been around that long. Like I was talking to you the other day about podcasting. The genesis of podcast roots was broadcast radio, yeah. you know, so people literally talking into a microphone, creating a show. And this was, I mean, before television came around, this is what you did on Sunday. You sat yeah. in the living room with the family and you listened to these, these primetime radio shows. Yeah. Right. So think about that 80, 90 years ago. Yeah. And now here we are right back to our roots, talking, telling stories on podcasts, which yeah. is the same concept. Right. It's so interesting. Quality is a little bit anyone better. anyone can start a podcast. Well, that's the big thing now. It's accessible to anybody. And that's, I think that's the biggest thing. And I think the next step in the evolution of kind of technology and being able to share our lives is, is uh, video. And you can see that with some of the, obviously social media, which has kind of gotten to be a dumpster fire at this point, but there's some other services like TikTok and whatnot. I don't use any of that, but I can definitely see the value in having short stories that you could tell literally via uh, a film, like a short film almost. And that's super accessible to people too. Mm -hmm. So now anybody and their brother who's got a video camera on their phone, which is basically everybody, um, can make a, make a movie about anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. This is not part of the topic today, but I have been thinking a lot lately the last few weeks about just the future of this podcast and the future of Life of Garrity and, and what we want to create and thinking of how content is consumed, it's it's just, I, I've been thinking about it from like a big picture view of like, what's the future of, you know, we just continue to get, everything has to be like quick and fast paced. And, and now it's like this Instagram reels thing. And like, at what point does that stop? And we go back to like a simpler way of consuming content. So 
there's no answer to that, but just something that's we'll been see. on my mind. I think as a society, typically we go way too far in one direction before boomerangs back around to normalcy. Yeah. I think you're seeing that we're way on the edge with all these ridiculous things like TikTok and social media and all these Insta stories and stuff. Yeah. People just looking for eyeballs. Yeah. All right. Okay. Do we have a B tip this week? A B tip. Yeah, we got a B tip. I'm going to try to keep this one short. However, I've been doing a lot of work on one of my classes and we're talking about influence strategies. Mm. Strategies you use to influence somebody for something that you want. This happens a lot at work and there's a lot of different strategies. A couple of them I'll point out that are uh, used all the time by me at least is something like appealing to the head, logical reasoning, presenting your facts to the person as to why you need or deserve this thing, appealing to the heart, kind of the opposite emotional aspect, you know, connect with somebody. There's reciprocity or concessions. I'll give you something in exchange for something. There's liking. This is the, Typical brown noser, you know, cozy up to your boss. Hey, man, so can I get that thing? Then there's consensus building. Hey, everybody's saying it. You know, everybody agrees with me. You know, why don't you agree with me? And then uh, creating commitment, which is involvement. So empowering somebody to have a part of your decision-making process and allow them to think that they are part of that. Mm. And some of it sounds superficial, but if you are really good at influence strategies, the two main takeaways from them are one, it's not a one size fits all model. So really good influencers are capable of tailoring their influence strategies to their recipient. So they use a confluence of different strategies together. And two, if you're really, really good at it, the person being influenced has no idea. They still think they have the free will to make the decision. So next time you're trying to get something, think about those strategies and which ones might be the most applicable. Because if you don't use the right one, sometimes it can backfire and go the wrong way. I like it. That's the B tip of the week. So what are we talking about today? Okay. The elephant in the room is that we were supposed to be in Charleston right now. Yeah. You had done something super romantic. You knocked it out of the park this year for our wedding anniversary. And you you planned a surprise trip. For us. Except COVID it up. And then. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to uh, play it by ear whether or not we cut that one. I know. I've left in some and took taken some out. I don't know. But how we came up with wanting to go to Charleston was two years ago. Two years ago in December, my friend Trisha got married in Charleston. And we were all set to go. And a couple weeks before we were planning to leave, Ryan went on a work trip to Atlanta. He had a cold. He got on an airplane. And something happened to your eardrums. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not inflammation. And basically, I just couldn't get on a plane. It wasn't, it was not a good idea to get on another plane so quickly. Yeah. The, the doctor, well, and after you got home from that trip, to Atlanta, like you, you texted me from the airport and you were like, I'm in a severe amount of pain and I haven't been able to hear anything all day. Yeah, no, And you never complain about anything. You never get sick. So I knew this was serious and we did everything. You went back and forth to doctors for like weeks. And then finally 
it came time to decide whether or not you were going to get on a plane to go to Charleston. And the doctor was like, I really don't recommend that. So the ear I, doctor, the ear doctor. Well, in theory, he actually said you technically could. And I was like, dude, can't you just tell me I can't? So it makes it easy for me to decide. And then after I didn't, he called me on the Sunday and was like, Hey, did you go to that thing? And I was like, no, he's like, good. I'm glad you didn't do that. I was like, well, then why didn't you tell me that to begin with, dude? <laughs> yeah, it was scary because at that time, by the time we were leaving to go, you still were having a lot of symptoms. So it just, it wasn't a good, it, and you continued to have symptoms for quite a while. So it ended up being a good thing that you didn't go. But I fell in love with Charleston and it was this really interesting trip where I got there and because neither of us had ever been before, we had extended our trip for an additional three days after the wedding so we could explore. Yeah. So I was just there staying in this fancy hotel by myself and had all the time of the world. So I ended up kind of crafting together this itinerary and I used the app that we always talk about, Find Me Gluten Free, and found all of these amazing restaurants and like went to these places, sat at the bar, and just ate by myself and yeah. like ended up meeting some really nice locals and it was just it ended up being a really fun trip so i talk about it nonstop. And yeah and that's what i missed out on. i really did want to go check out charleston so without my knowing ryan had planned before COVID happened this amazing trip for us to go down to charleston together and you got flights yeah got for our anniversary yeah, for our anniversary. I knew it was COVID at the time. You know, we didn't really know how long COVID would last, but I figured, well, at least by October, you know, if it hasn't picked up, we can always kind of push it. And then I just decided that, like, at the time, the flights, the United was still doing the thing where they wouldn't let you, they wouldn't charge you. So I was like, well, if I book them now, then if I cancel or, or change them, they wouldn't charge me. Now we know that they don't, all the airlines have gotten rid of that stuff, but... uh and at the time, it was like March. So I guess COVID yeah. had just started. So at that time, if you all remember, we had no idea that we would still be dealing with this in October. Right. Obviously. Yeah. So. So. So we didn't go, obviously. Yeah. But we pushed it out. We're going to go next spring. And the other thing that you did this year that was super romantic is that you had our wedding cake recreated by the same company that made our wedding cake yeah i thought that was a cool idea because obviously i like cake so much <laughs> but uh what happened was we had our wedding cake on our one year anniversary and then we had a big piece of it still and then we forgot to eat it on our second year anniversary so we ate it in the third year anniversary last year and then i thought like well this is kind of like a tradition that we have this kind of cake and uh, I thought, well, why not see if those folks would, would do it again? And it turns out that not only would they do it again very easily, but that they still had a picture of it on their website. So I you know, called them up. I was like, hey, would you do this? And we just did a mini version of it. And uh, it was delicious. So we got it. And it was um, bigger than I anticipated a mini version of it being. And I was like, well, there's no way we're going to eat all this cake. And as we sit here today and we got in on Thursday on our anniversary, um, there's about like an eighth of it left. <laughs> yeah. I've been in a cake coma for days. Yeah. So what kind of cake was it? 
everything fall. Everything fall with the buttercream frosting and then an apple pie filling in the middle. Yeah. Gluten-free, of course. Yeah, 100%. Highly recommend uh, the folks that make this. It's called Cara's Cakes in Franklin Lakes. They do a really good job about doing a gluten-free cake that doesn't taste like it's gluten-free, so to speak, if that, may, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. If you have a big event, whether a wedding or not, you can do it. They're mostly known for their cupcakes. Yeah. And you can do, she has the most insane flavors you could think of for her cupcakes. And you can say, like, if it's a big order, you can be like, okay, I want to do that one, but gluten-free. Yeah. And they're not like mini cupcakes that you see at like yeah, these are store or something. These are like real, real, real cupcakes. cupcakes. Or as Kevin would say, a mini version of a cake. It's like <laughs> cupcakes. He's like mini cupcakes, like the miniature version of a cupcake that's a miniature, a miniature version of a cake. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you may be wondering, what is the reasoning behind the title of this podcast, Baby Let It Breathe? And that is a line from our wedding song. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about this because I think there's a lot of value in that saying. And the first thing is, we originally had picked a different wedding song and we had hired a dance instructor for our first dance because a friend had recommended that and she was like, if you guys are not professional dancers, then... Which we're not. Which we are very much not. No. She said, of everything, you got to get a dance instructor. So we went to this place that everyone recommended in Hoboken and... We, ha we showed up, we had a song, uh, she yelled at us and told us how we were doing it wrong for, you know, eight. Yeah, she was mean. <laughs> for eight sessions she or whatever. She was mean, man. And then two weeks before the wedding, Ryan found this song just by chance and he sent it to me and I immediately started crying and I was like, that's the song. I wasn't sure how I found that song. I just remember walking down Third Avenue uh, in the morning. And listening to it, and I was like, yeah, this is it. This is the song. And it's funny because no one knows the song. Yeah, it's not a famous artist or anything like that, no. which is good. So I wanted to talk about the idea behind Let It Breathe. And the line in the song is, swept the floors and opened a window and said, baby, let it breathe. And they're talking about the beginning of their love story and, and how their partnership began or a partnership began. And I think it hit me so profoundly because we, we all show up to any partnership, whether it's romantic or not, or friendship, we all show up with all of our humanness and it's messy and there's a lot to sift through. And now you're both showing up with all your humanness and there's just all this stuff and and one of the things that has been a through line in our partnership is you are really good at holding space in exactly the way I need it. And that line explains that exactly where you're like, hey, let's just let it breathe. Yeah. You know, and, and when I'm like having a panic moment, you have this, you, you extend this grace to me where it's this idea that nothing needs to be done right now and let's just roll you up in this blanket 
lay on the couch. I'm going to bring you a piece of chocolate. Yeah. It's like in those moments, instead of like further agitating the situation, whatever it may be, you always, you're very calm. And I am not. And it's like the perfect balance. And it's this idea of just like, let it breathe. Walk away from it. Yeah, I think a common misconception for men, especially, or the dominant partner is they want to fix things. But over the years, I've learned that there's a lot of things beyond my control. Step one is be able to admit that, right? And I'm a big fixer. And so to, to admit that is a big step for me. And so, you know, there's a lot of situations which arise that there is no real solution. And we dig ourselves a little deeper with our partner because we want to try to fix it. So we start with suggestions about what to do, how to do this, how to do that. And it just further entrenches the position when in reality, a lot of times our partner is not necessarily looking for a solution so much as it is to just hold space for them to be able to feel what it is they're going to feel. And that's very hard for a fixer because that is the ultimate acknowledgement that you have zero control. And that's the uh, acceptance factor. And uh, once, you're, once you can accept that, uh, you'd be surprised how many times the intuition comes that, you know, the appropriate thing to do in a particular circumstance or crisis is not necessarily to react right away. Sometimes the best thing to do is nothing, mm-hmm. so to speak. <laughs> it is, yes. And uh, I like to think that, like, I, I handle stress pretty well. There's nothing that like you could really tell me to be honest, whether it's you or anybody else that, that will cause me to freak out. You know, I don't think I've ever seen you freak out. I have a coworker who's kind of like this, Brian, and I do uh, respect him tremendously, especially for his ability to just kind of roll with the punches. You know, we've done some pretty heavy things in, in our work life and some pretty uh, uh, scary things too. And, and <laughs> I've never seen him uh, waver. It's always just like, okay. And I, I was thinking, and I was him. thinking about that as like kind of a, an analogous way of like thinking about the way I approach some of these things too. And it's kind of like, okay, you know, and I like to think I'm logical. So I think about things logically. I'm like, okay, so is there something to do about that right now? Maybe not. In which case we just let it breathe. Yeah. You know, and then maybe we come back to it when we're better equipped with the tools. Yeah. We might have to take a pause real quick. I know. We're having Damn. really, really bad audio this morning. <laughs> we so don't usually do podcasts in the morning. And uh, apparently everybody just decides they want to get up up and about. And Mr. Ambulance over here is making sure that everybody knows he's coming through. Uh, even though you can't go more than 15 miles an hour on our street. Yeah. You know what I realized? Huh. I opened a bedroom window too. <laughs> I was like, that sounds like it's in our living room. <laughs> so that's that's probably why it's not as muffled as usual. Oh, we're leaving that in. That is gold. Okay. Well, on that note, I... Let it breathe literally. 
our bedroom. Well, yeah, now it's fall, so we can open the window yeah. and literally let it breathe. But something else that I love about this concept is, you know, they always say from a creative standpoint, sometimes the best thing to do is to walk away and then come back to it with a fresh perspective. And that is like, when I do that, it's so powerful, but it's so hard for me to do it. Like I don't wanna, at the end of the workday, I'm like, no, I just need to keep grinding on this one thing. Yeah. But the reality is if I wait till the next morning, it's gonna be better than if I tried to grind through. And, uh, and something else that's kind of interesting is I take a lot of baths and inevitably I get in the bath. I, I have a whole routine of what I do and I listen to this meditation app and like 10 minutes in my mind, it's like as soon as I'm in the parasympathetic state, my mind just like clicks into the flow state and starts coming up with all of these new fresh ideas about whatever it is. So, you know, I always have to kind of keep that in mind but it's it goes against i'm an enneagram three it goes against everything i want to do all i want to do all day is achieve 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 and the idea of stepping away and coming back to it, it like it makes me feel like i'm gonna lose something yeah but i'm not right i have everything to gain by doing that mm -hmm. is there anything else you want to say about our anniversary it's our four-year anniversary. We got married October 1st, 2016. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Oh, it was the best. We have lots of pictures to commemorate a lot of those experiences. Yeah. What so, a great time. Yeah, and Larry got me a really, really cool gift was the lyrics from that song that we were just talking about. That's framed, so we got to put that up. And uh, we have little tokens of things that, you know, remind us of our love story all around the house everywhere we go yeah and it's pretty cool because we all have a story yeah and we're just telling our story making memories yeah all right i guess that's it if you have any questions about marriage or relationships we love to talk about this stuff because we've done it all wrong and we want i wouldn't say all wrong <laughs> i'll tell you all about it <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we've been a wild success. Yeah. If you liked this podcast, please rate and review. And if you screenshot it and email it to us with your mailing address, we will send you a fun gift from one of our favorite companies for Sigmatic. All of this information is in the show notes. See you next week.